true believers, welcome to Simply Devotion, a podcast that takes complex theological ideas and transforms them into points of understanding. I am your host, Pastor Vinny, from simplyvinny.com. there, true believers, and welcome to my podcast, Simply Devotion, the podcast where we look at the many reasons Jesus Christ is worthy of our devotion. I am Pastor Vinny, your host, and before we even get started, I want to thank you for continually supporting my podcast and sharing it with your friends and just getting the word of mouth out. One more thing you could do that would be a great spiritual blessing to me would be to go to whatever platform, and I mean whatever, I don't care what platform you listen to me on, and give me a five-star rating and say something nice in the comment section. This would only enable other people to find this podcast and to think about giving it a chance. And if you've been blessed, why not share that blessing with that little simple tip? Now, today is an exciting day for me because I am going to do my very first Simply Devotion interview podcast. And the reason for doing that is I, from time to time, will do interviews with people. But in this case, I just really want to affirm the uh, Protestant value of priesthood of all believers. We are all a part of something great that Jesus is doing in the world. And that something great is propagating the gospel to the ends of the earth. And we all do that in different ways. But for many, many years, we have assumed that the way that's done is by bringing everyone to the exact same building and putting them in the exact same room and letting them listen to the exact same message from just one person at the front. But we live in a world that has been vastly changed by the invention of technology, global communications, the internet, social media. Now, I know there's been a lot in the news about, oh, how bad social media is. However, here's the thing. We have been given platforms to preach the gospel. And this is what Jesus told us in his great sermon on the Mount of Olives in Matthew 24 and 25. In fact, in Matthew 24, 14, he said, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. I believe we are living in a time. Yes, I said it. I don't know when he will come back, but I believe we are living in a time. I do not know the day or the hour, but I believe we are living in a time when the gospel is going to the ends of the world from laptops and cell phones and lay people in the priesthood of all believers like never 
before. And that's why I'm excited to talk to my friend Josh and to hear what he is doing in his little corner of the world to share this gospel to the ends of the world. Without further ado, let's hear my interview with Josh. So my name is Josh. Um, I'm from Virginia um, and currently I host a few podcasts actually, but uh, the main one I host is uh, When the Bible Wasn't There and they're all under the Reflect Ministries podcast network. Uh, so basically every every week, we're on a season break right now, but every week we go through a Bible story. And the last season we were going through the life of Moses because in the life of Moses, we saw an image of God that a lot of people don't usually see. It's this God who who loves us and who will go through any lengths to get us out of the slavery of sin, right? Because this is what we see paralleled with our life, with the life of the Hebrew nation at that time. Uh, so that was definitely an interesting thing. And for us, we didn't think we were going to get into podcasting either. That was never our goal. Uh, we were video people like through and through. And when COVID started, uh, we were actually um, renting a basement that we had converted into a studio from an elderly couple. When COVID started, we kind of didn't want to go around them. We wanted to be cautious. So we were wondering, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We can't record video anymore. We don't have our studio. All our recording equipment is there. And so we had already been releasing it kind of like as a side thing, you know, like, oh, we don't really care about it. Let's just put the audio on Spotify. So the audio wasn't good. <laughs> the lighting was good. Uh, the setting was good. And the, and the content also was lacking, in my opinion. And when we finally decided just to switch to video and we weren't worried about the lighting and we weren't worried about, you know, how we were dressed or how our hair looked, we found ourselves diving into the word more. We found ourselves really getting into this deep, deep spiritual content because that became our main focus. Right. So for me, I feel like the Lord pushed me to podcasting for sure, because I never had any intention of like, I moved to California and I didn't bring one camera with me, but I brought four mics, a soundboard, a whole bunch of like cables and other audio equipment, because now this has become my passion, not by choice, but almost by a calling of the Lord, like a necessity that the Lord pushed me into it. So when the Bible wasn't there, current, and what was the middle one? The middle one was, what if I knew him? What if I knew him? Yeah, I just want to make sure that my listeners can find your podcast. Um, I've been listening to when the Bible wasn't there, and and I just really, I enjoy these, this idea that there was a time when there wasn't a Bible, but there wasn't mm -hmm. a time when God wasn't speaking, right? Exactly. So, so Moses like the perfect place to start, right? And... You know, I, I I found your your take on Moses interesting, and 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 thought provoking. So I enjoyed it. I I, I listened to your 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 season ending, um, not so long ago, and so I'll, I'll be looking forward to you guys returning to that one, and I'll have to check out your other ones as well. I, I think that I knew about Reflective Ministries as a YouTube channel, so this is interesting, and it kind of is what you know I'm wanting to expose my listeners too. So one of the things that become more and more passionate about as time has went on is how to engage more people in more ministry. Like, so we believe that the gospel is going to go to the world and then the end will come because that's what Jesus says in Matthew 24. And so, you know, under the traditional model of churches and fitting people inside buildings and having walls and budgets and those sort of things. That work has like been slow. 
And, you know, yeah, the pandemic changed that a little bit and churches have, have kind of stretched themselves, but I've been fortunate enough and, and we have some associates in common. I've been fortunate enough and to be exposed to a younger generation than me. So they were already doing this stuff and already reaching the world. And I want to just open up to my listeners this idea that we don't live under that paradigm anymore. Uh, You got to have a church. You got to have a degree, right? Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I think that what I've noticed and it's, it was crazy to see like even some churches who had kind of shunned the use of media and church and they never wanted to live stream. They never wanted to do this. I was getting calls left and right. Can you come here? Can we fly you out here to help us set up our media ministry? And I was like, when I was there a few years ago, I offered to do it for you guys. (laughs) No one was interested, but COVID has made people realize that the church has to be accessible on the internet. If, If we're saying things that we think people need to hear for their salvation, it needs to be easily accessible because the things people can get on the internet, there's a lot of bad stuff on there. And if we want to combat that, we need to be putting God's word on there. We need to be getting it out there in a way that anyone can find it. Anyone can listen to it and can fall in love with this God we believe in. We shouldn't be afraid of putting our stuff out on the internet just because of what else is out there. And I've, I've seen that from some people. And um, I do think it's with this younger generation, my generation, especially we're, we're using this new technology. We're figuring out ways like I know uh, one of my friends, she has a TikTok and all she does on there is like mini Bible studies. And that's crazy to me. And then I have another friend who signed up for a Tinder profile and put in his bio, if anyone wants Bible studies, swipe right. Oh my. <laughs> well, you know. The highways, uh, the byways, you know, so that's what he did. <laughs> the highway. Well, and that's a biblical picture, right? Like, yeah, yeah um, I- I'm not ready to go down the tinder road but 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 people can find me on tiktok simply Vinny blogs on tiktok so so maybe your friend is on my for you page i don't know um maybe but but yeah that's the thing right it's like i don't know josh i'm not sure if it's always that they're afraid of what else is out there Mm -hmm. i I think there's also uh, the people think it takes a lot more work that's another mm. big thing people think that you have to have like what i have in front of me right now you know uh, expensive mic a soundboard and all this other stuff but when we started out we were using a hundred dollar recorder and two lapel mics start out with what you have you have right. a, the most important thing you have is the message and if people are there and they want to be passionate about the lord they're going to look past, they're going to look past like the, the not so great audio. And then once people start listening and, 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 you know, you're ready to upgrade, you should never buy equipment. This is a big, big tip. Never buy equipment that you're not ready to use, right? Because if you invest in this expensive equipment and you're not ready to use it, you don't know how to use it. Start with what you have and you'll be able to upgrade through time. So we started out with a hundred dollar recorder. Then we upgraded to a $400 recorder. Then we finally got real mics. And now we're at where, where we are now, where I have a board here on the West Coast and my co-host has a board on the East Coast and we record like that. And it, it, like that sounds complicated, but at the end of the day, it's as easy as even if you have an iPhone and a pair of like headphones with a mic in it, start recording, start telling people what the word of God has told you in your life that you think is worthy to share. Exactly. You, you, you're, you're so on point, I believe, because... You know, sometimes I listen to a podcast or I 
look at a TikTok account or I'm watching a YouTube channel and I'm like, these people have garbage equipment. How do they have so many likes, so many follows, so many, you know, you know like they're recording this thing on factory default headphones. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Like the, like, like the ancient Apple headphones that used to come in like the box with uh, like iPhone six. I've seen people record a podcast with that. One of my favorite podcasts, actually, um, it's a history podcast, has the worst audio ever. But because I love Roman history, I've listened to the whole thing like five times <laughs> because it's something I'm passionate about, something I want to hear. And it doesn't bother me that it's not the best audio because I know the content I'm getting out of it. Right. And this is what I used to apologize to people about our audio. I expect, oh, I'm so sorry. Like the audio is so awful. And they're like, oh, I wasn't even paying it. I really like, I wasn't even thinking about that. But you know, what you pointed out in the word, that was, that was so amazing that praise the Lord, you were able to do that. So don't think you have limitations with what you have. Start with what you have, grow, get an audience, and then continue to grow with your audience. Um, how, how are you, how do you grow your audience? You know, um, I've messed a little bit with Facebook advertisement, but um, what I've realized is word of mouth is still the cheapest form of advertising. And um, for me personally, cheap is good right now, <laughs> but um, it works pretty well. You know, like I've sent a slide to a few pastors and ministers I know that, and on, on the last, like I say, Hey, if you don't mind, could you add this to your church announcements? There's this podcast. I know you've listened to it. You know, you've given me some good feedback on it. Um, do would you mind sharing this with your congregation? So a few of them have gone ahead and they put it in their announcements. There's this podcast hosted by two young men. They talk about the Bible. And the, when we started doing that, we saw our numbers shoot up because these people would go home or even during COVID, they would watch the live stream and then they would want more food. They would want more spiritual food, right? Because now you're stuck at home. So right. they would, they would begin to listen and they would go back and they would listen to old ones. And then people would find me on Facebook and say, Oh, I started listening to this. And by the way, I'm sharing it with everyone I know. So right. um, that's a big thing. If, if you have, if you're sharing the word of God and it's really impacting people, it's almost like your audience grows organically to a certain extent. Right. And then what I also did is when we first started, I just sent it to everyone. I'm like, Hey, I have a, I have a YouTube channel. Cause that's how we started. I have a YouTube channel. We're talking about the Bible. We're talking about um, how the Bible can apply to your life personally. And I would just send videos to people and I would, I would, you know, start a conversation with someone. They would ask me how my week was. I would say, Oh, I filmed this this week. Why don't you check it out? Let me know what you think. Um, so I was very open with just, I guess some people would say, spamming people with it but you know can you really spam people with, with a with a good video about the word of god that's my question <laughs> but um well you can <laughs> but i <laughs> i don't think you have because i've got your messages and i've always found them tasteful yes so understanding facebook ads you know it can seem overwhelming at first it was for me at the beginning but there are a lot of good youtube videos to watch on it and um if you're going to do ministry i would say one of the biggest things also is make a website. Like you can make a website for pretty cheap and it doesn't have to be the flashiest thing, but you're going to want to have that domain so that you can have a place to put your stuff, stuff up on yourself. And that's a big thing that we learned pretty quickly because especially with trying to come up with a ministry name, you, you want to have a website for when you copyright it, when you make a 501c, if you eventually want to do any of that. So there's a lot that goes into the technical side of things. But again, the, the YouTube was a lifesaver. You can learn anything, literally anything off of YouTube. Do you want, you want to learn how to edit videos? Watch YouTube. You want to learn how to edit audio? Watch YouTube. Want to learn how to use Photoshop? Again, YouTube. We live in an age where if you want to learn something, if you want to do something, there's basically very little boundary to stop you from doing, to learning whatever creativity, creative like um, outlet you want to learn. 
there's very little of anything stopping you besides you setting aside the time to watch the YouTube videos, to mess with the software and to yeah. learn exactly how everything works. So I think that we live in an age where there was never, I don't think there's ever been an excuse for not being a missionary because disciples are called to make disciples. But if we could say it this way, I think there's now even less of an excuse because of the ease and the comfort of which you can do it in your own home. Right. Absolutely. I agree with everything you're saying, especially the YouTube stuff, but, but, but on the point you're saying right now, like, so I think that might be also one of the other reasons churches are Mm -hmm. afraid of setting their young people free to be creators and to represent the church or, or just to go out on their own is, is just because, you know, who's in charge? Like anyone can do it. (laughs) Like how, how do I, how do I know that things are being said right or taught right? So do, do you think that one of the things that have, has limited churches from jumping in and sharing Jesus with the world in the ways that they could is like maybe even fear of control or editorialship? Oh, I think so. Um, when we first started out, there was another project that was starting out and uh, they come from a smaller church and um, in their in, the, in their church, they decided that um, they wanted to have full creative control. And every time they would record a video, they had to take it to this board and the board would say, well, we don't like this. Well, we don't like that. We don't like how this person looks in that video. We don't like this. And so out of, I believe they recorded 12 or 13 videos, they only ever uploaded their intro video and the project fell oh apart. <laughs> so... Uh, Nothing they were saying. I've I've watched some of the unedited, unuploaded videos. Like nothing they were saying was undoctrinal. It would I wouldn't have uploaded it because of you know their lighting, their stage, like all these other things. But doctrinally, it was perfect. Um, so I think that we are we are limiting our, our young people when we we tell them no 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 we have to have full control of what you're putting out. And we're almost saying that we're we're worried we didn't we didn't um, pass down or show them how to study the Bible themselves, right? We didn't show them how to do eschagesis or hermeneutics. And that's an actual problem. If we're not teaching people how to study the Bible themselves, then of course we're going to have weird things coming out. But if we're confident that um, our young people know how to study the Bible, that uh, they know what they believe, then we should have no problem setting them loose into the world. Actually, we should be encouraging them to go into the world because this is what Christ did, right? He tells the 12 disciples, go and preach to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I don't, I personally don't understand the fear of letting people take this message out into the world. I think the fear comes from loss of control and loss of being the person who's getting the credit. And that's a big thing. And, you know, um, it goes back to, um, I believe, yeah, Paul, who's talked to the, I believe it's the Corinthians. And he says, you know, uh, it's not Paul or Paulus, it's Jesus Christ. So it doesn't matter who's making the podcast or who's, you know, putting the message out there. At the end of the day, all glory, if we're Protestants, it's one of the five, sol- uh, five solas, all glory has to go to God, right? So I don't, uh, for me, it's, it's almost, um, it's saddening to see when that happens. It kind of breaks my heart because these are young people who have now been discouraged from doing a missionary work. Right. And, and, and it's kind of like, you know, this fear that discourages young people from doing the missionary work and from engaging um, from their desk, from their room, from their wherever the whole world is 
actually what will feed them if we discourage them, right? So you can have your young people start a YouTube channel or watch a YouTube channel. (laughs) You can have your young people teach it a podcast or be taught by a podcast. You can have young people posting the Instagram for Jesus or watching things from Instagram that might not be from Jesus, right? Like, yeah. I think we're just and missing think, this opportunity. Oh, exactly. And I think there's actually a really good book on this. It's um, Multiply by Francis Chan. And he, in this book, he goes into it, how the purpose of being a Christian is to make disciples. This is like, this is the, the calling we're called to make disciples to, that make disciples that make disciples that make disciples until we all get to heaven. And then we can all be there with God together. So I've kind of explained um, the way it should work kind of like, because I, I feel like in every church, people get into these pyramid schemes and they're like, oh yeah, I'll buy these vitamins and I have to get three friends to buy these vitamins. But if you gave your life to Christ and then you talked to three friends about Christ and then they talked to three friends about Christ and then those three friends, and it just keeps going but we don't approach the gospel that way, even in a time when all we have to do is upload a video or make a 15 minute segment podcast about, you know, our devotion that week or an amazing um, Bible chapter or verse that we read. It doesn't have to be complicated. That's a whole other thing. Um, I think that people think that, Oh, I have to have something super, super profound to say when their experience is their own and already profound enough. Bingo. And, and, and for me, the place that really taught me that more than any platform or anything I've done in, in, in cyberspace ministry was TikTok. Um, because mm. literally you have one minute you got, you can yeah. choose 15 seconds or one minute, right? Like I'm thinking, how do you preach a sermon? One minute. Right. But then you go, yeah. you know, some of the most creative people on that app are Christians, and, and yeah, you know, they go down some rabbit holes sometimes, but sometimes just the right music with the right Bible text or that's it. And it's, it can be profound, like with the right filter, with the different things and the creative things they come up with, I would have never thought of, you know, and I think I've become more creative since engaging that, that platform. Um, but, but again, it goes back to the same thing, right? Your children can be fed or they can be um, producers. Yeah. And it goes back again. I, I don't know why I'm going to be quoting Francis Chan so much this in this episode, but Francis Chan, again, has another really good book, um, Letters to the Church, where he talks about how we just sit there in the pew, you know, and we listen to a sermon. We Maybe we go to prayer meeting, we listen to that, and then we listen to other people feed us the word. And then we're not going out and eating someone else. So our spiritual experience um, is not being fulfilled. It's not being lived to its full extent because we're called to then lead. When after we're led, we're called to lead someone else. Amen. Absolutely. That sounds, sounds harsh to say. It does. And I understand that. But it's the truth. And sometimes the truth is what hurts the most. It's not harsh. It's... Bible 101, it's discipleship 101, but but that's the same thing that makes churches afraid to do this because then, you know, it's like when I hide in a church, I can say, well, I help lead someone to Christ by being a greeter. I help lead someone to Christ by um, 
heading up health ministries or community services or going to the homeless shelter. And, and I'm not downplaying any of that. You are helping to lead people to Christ through those things. But Paul says to be able to give a reason for your faith. Paul says to be able to proclaim the gospel in season or out of season. You've got to be doing something more than assisting in ministry. There's got to be some place where you're going out and actually giving a word as small as it is. If it's tweeting a Bible text or making a TikTok or and you've got to be engaged with it. But Josh, I should have known you're a Francis Chan fan uh, because you're a C.S. Lewis fan. And that just makes sense to me. So I, I will jump on your 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 Francis Chan uh, quoting train and and add one more book into the title, Crazy Love. And oh, really, that's a good one too. Oh, it's a great one. And, and, but isn't that really what it comes down to? The church sometimes is so safe in the insulated walls of the building yeah. that they've lost the crazy love. And, you know, C.S. Lewis, now that we brought him up, he says that the whole purpose of church, full of ministers, of all of it, is to lead people to Christ. And if we're not doing that, then we might as well, and I'm paraphrasing, he says we might as well get rid of everything. It's all worthless then. If it's not leading people to Christ on the daily, in the individual life, it's not doing its job. Right. So, so in the past, the way this has worked in churches is I might be the health ministries person. I might be the AV people, you know, I might be the greeter, I'm, I, I might be a deacon, but but I still witness to my neighbors. I still say nice things to my coworkers about believing in them and encouraging them. Like, so I extend my witness to build up the ability to share Christ with the people who are in my physical environment, in addition to holding a role or a function in a church. But now, in 2021, who is my neighbor? You know, Jesus' mm -hmm. question, who's your neighbor, is a whole lot different. Like, my neighbor's not who, I mean, my neighbor may be who I work with. Mm -hmm. My neighbor may live on my block. But I'm going to tell you now, I have great and vibrant relationships and friendships with people on the other side of the world, and I don't know more than four people in my building. If there was ever a time where the gospel could spread throughout the whole world, it's now. You know, it, it, it's, it's 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 such an easy thing, like we've said before. And yes, you should still like talk to your neighbors and not neglect them, your actual physical neighbors there. But we are super interconnected now. And to make the excuse of, well, you know, I can't reach people on the other side of the world. Okay, let's look at it realistically. The other day I looked up how many different countries listen to our main podcast. There are people from Finland. There are people from Brazil. There are people from Australia. There are people from Hungary. There are people from Romania, like places that I'll probably never visit. Sometimes I will have like someone in Africa. Yeah. Tweet me on Twitter. I'm, I'm pretty big in Twitter. So, so people find me there easy. And, and they'll be like, yeah, I, I've been watching your YouTube channel and I got to preach this week. Could you help me work through my sermon? <laughs> like, 
like what what kind of crazy world is this where there's yeah. some guy in Africa and all he's got is a phone he doesn't have all the tech where he is that I have but he has Twitter and he has a phone and he watches my sermons and he found some value in them I don't even know if we go to the same church or, or denomination or not I don't really I'm bothered by that, but he's like, here's my text and I don't know what to do with it. Can you help me? So I do. <laughs> that's amazing. Right? I, and I had something similar. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. I had something in a similar vein happen to me um, where I had someone from Indonesia message me and they said, oh, we listened to the podcast. Would, would you like to do our young people's meeting? And unfortunately, as you can attest to now, where I am right now, our internet is not very good. <laughs> so I, I told them that I would I would do it when I'm back in civilized, in more in a civilized area where I have high speed internet. But it's amazing that, oh, that we're so connected now. And then another example of that is when I moved here, I had never been to California before. I never been to the, the churches I'm visiting nowadays. I've never been to any of them before. And yet I go on a church and we have a group discussion one Friday night and then um, at the end, someone comes up to me and they say, oh, you're Josh. I recognized your voice from the podcast. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> so it's it's interesting to yeah, see awesome. there are people across the world. And then there are people right here who are listening, who are partaking in God's word together as a community. And they may not even realize it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I just think that when you think about how big the audience is and how interconnected the audience is you know then i like maybe have a little guilt that we would think that it's all about i don't know the 150 200 people who come to our local church i mean if we're in a fairly healthy church you know um yeah. some some you know the average church in america is 70 people right 70 yeah. people I hope I've reached before breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like one of the episodes we just uploaded of one of our shows, um, within two hours, it had 90 listens. And that's, that's, you're right. That's more than the average size of the average church, um, which is amazing to me. And to think that we started out, like I said, because I can't, I don't want to like, ignore this point. It has to be emphasized. We started out with a hundred dollar recorder. And even that you don't have to start with that. Start out with your phone right. and you can, and you can reach more people than are in the average American church. Right. Right. I was joking with one of my friends recently and we were talking about, you know, being, being creative personality types. And, uh, you know, I was talking about, he, he's into philosophy. So we're talking about some of his favorite philosophers and, and I was like, yeah, I would like to know more about that philosopher. I wish he would have wrote more or someone would have thought to keep his diary or something. And, and, and then I was just like joking, like that will never happen with me. There are so many things I created and put into cyberspace that yeah. no one could ream back in, man. <laughs> if I ever become someone significant, people will find everything about me, right? Because it's all going to be out there. Exactly. Um, and historians will have such a much easier time in the future putting prominent people into context because every, very everything point. is out there. We have a digital footprint and it's like nothing that's ever existed before. Exactly. And I, I guess that's scary to some people too, right? Yeah, like it is. 
to some I have people those conversations too and and rightfully so 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 be responsible behind the mic don't say dumb things on purpose <laughs> but the truth is you do that's what editing is for you can always edit it out <laughs> i mean there have been times where we we've said things that maybe are not we've i don't think we've ever said anything that i would say is not theologically sound but we've said things that could have been worded better and that's a big thing too because sometimes the way we say things um, one of my favorite books, Gospel Workers, it says how um, the the way the truth is delivered sometimes can be the determining factor of how it's how if it's accepted or not. Um, so I've gone back and I've I've re-recorded things. I've re-recorded things that you know could have used softer language or could have um, come off in a more loving tone, because that's how I I want people to perceive the Word of God. I don't ever want to seem like I'm being I don't know how to word this too critical of other people and not too critical of myself, I guess is the best way to put it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I get that sense when I listen to your podcast, I get, not that you've edited, but I get the sense that the thoughts have been carefully weighed um, and, and thought through. And so I, I think that's important. You know, I also think that people don't need to have theological degrees to do meaningful things in the world. I no. mean, it, it's great if you do. And by all means, I recommend a theological education to everyone. And, and yes, we need to learn some of those things that, that you mentioned earlier, like hermeneutics and exegesis and, and, and all those, you know, sort of um, big theological terms yeah. that maybe some of even my listeners don't know, but, but the that's okay. The good thing is there's YouTube videos on those terms. And there's also a pretty good podcast that uh, did two episodes on Jesus and uh, one episode or two episodes on hermeneutics. And it's called uh, Burning the Haystack. It's by a pastor from New Zealand and a pastor from Australia. So they had two uh, good episodes on both terms. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm following a few podcasts now that are like uh, five minute podcasts and they just take a theological term. And, and that's what they talk about for five minutes. And it just takes oh, that's five really minutes. Cool. You know, and you go through, and I think it's out of the UK. I would I would prop it up here, but I can't remember its name right now. <laughs> but but I learned it from someone on TikTok that was propping up, and that goes to the point of how fast this thing stuff goes, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so there's this guy uh, in studying at Trinity University, and he makes a TikTok about, hey, do you need to learn theological terms? Here's where to do it. Check out this podcast. It's not mine, but it's good. And like I watch it. I look at the podcast and and now I'll be giving it to people like probably my, my church elders, you know? Um, yes, you can use technology to promote the gospel and you can also use technology to get educated on the gospel and to get educated on even how to share it or yeah. what, what principles you need to know about it. Like, it seems to me like the limits are limitless. Exactly. Uh, the you are like nowadays. You are the one who limits yourself in many ways when it comes to creativity. Uh, it it depends on how much time are you willing to put into it. Um, how much study are you willing to put into the Word of God? You know, so that you can come with a good message. And these are, I think, the two factors that are going to limit you. It's not equipment because, as we've established, start with your phone. It's not the platform because there are hundreds to choose from. So just pick the one that works for you and put it up there. It's really just. Am I going to give the Lord a piece of my time to share him with others? And if the answer isn't yes to that, then I think we have more pressing questions to ask ourselves. Yeah. Am I going to give the Lord a p- 
piece of, of my time to share with others. And for some people, it could even be, am I going to take the risk of putting myself out there? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing. Right. Will, will I embarrass myself? Um, maybe. That's okay. I preach some sermons I wish I could take back, but sermons that are preached can't be taken back. But you know what can be is posts. They can be deleted. Yeah. Um, the accounts can be started over. You know, but I think that even that's a rare thing to need to do. And I think that if if you start out and it's rough, leave it. Leave it up there because it shows you your progress, right? I mean, I'll be honest. The first few YouTube videos we uploaded are rough. The first few episodes of the podcast are rough. I mean, our first episode for when the Bible wasn't there, we don't even introduce ourselves. We don't even say who we are. <laughs> <laughs> You're just eager to preach, man. You're like, oh, I want to get into this. We're ready, to, we're ready to get into it. We're excited and we just go for it. And I sent it to one of my friends and she texts me back and she goes, you guys didn't even introduce yourself. And I was like, oh, but that's still up there. You know, we haven't, we, we didn't, we didn't uh, decide, okay, we have to take it down. We didn't decide we're going to redo it because there was still a good message in there. Even if it was rough, even if, you know, our audio was not the best, the Lord still spoke to people through it because they had messaged me. They said it was a blessing to them. So the Lord can use the biggest mess of a video. If you think it is like bad quality, bad sound, he can still use that. Um, and then one of my favorite sayings is that uh, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And we're all called to be some part of the body, some part of ministry for Christ. So God will, will qualify you. He will help you. He will, if you pray and you, you're like, Lord, I want to get into podcasts. Lord, I want to get into video. Give me the courage to be willing to embarrass myself for you. He'll do that for you because that's what he did for me. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're a hundred percent on, on target here. You know, um, my main thing, most of my, I think my listeners know is, is blogs and mm -hmm. writing, um, some other stuff too, but that's the main thing preaching. Of course, I'm a pastor. And so that's kind of required. Um, but I got into podcasting by accident too. You know, I, it was the pandemic and I bought a mic so I could be better in zoom meetings. And someone saw a picture of my office and they're like, you have a mic in your office? And I'm like, yeah, why? They're like, pastor, why aren't you doing a podcast? I would so listen to that. <laughs> right. And, and so I'm like, I didn't want to say no. I said, oh, I'll give it a try, you know? And, and, and your whole point about like leaving old stuff up there, even if it's not good is so true, Josh, because I'll tell you, I, I wish, I wish you would have told me that advice when I began, because the first episode of my podcast, I think I recorded, and I'm not even exaggerating, five or six times. Ooh, I've been there. I've been there. Two or three different software packages to see which one <laughs> sounded better. Different mics, you know, like it was just craziness. And and the one that is up there, the only one left, because I kept deleting them, I was so embarrassed of them. The only one up there and the only one left, I think, is maybe the weakest one <laughs> of all the ones I made. Because <laughs> I just got to the point where I'm like, stop it and just get it out there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's um, a point that I think every creator gets to at least once or twice. And then we end up releasing something that, you know, is mediocre and could have been better. But because we burn ourselves out with the stress of creating mm -hmm. the perfect thing. It's, it's almost like a, a Greek self-fulfilling prophecy, right? <laughs> We're so worried about it being bad 
that it ends up being bad. Absolutely. But one of the ways I look at it is the world's out there and, you know, there's somewhere, someone, someplace in the world looking for the truth. And what are we going to do about it? Are we going to put ourselves out there? Are we going to take the risk? The world is out there and they've been waiting for the church. Mm -hmm. The church has been spending its money on the same 70 people. Yeah. And they built buildings that only fit double at best what they have currently in their building. But a podcast, a YouTube channel, a TikTok account. I only started TikTok at Christmas time. I already have 500, almost 600 followers and I'm not that good at it yet. But think about that in the context of the average church being 70 people. Exactly. Yeah. And the right. average I, podcast we put up, like we, like I said, in the first day, it has 90 listens. And, you know, it obviously doesn't start out that way. Um, you know, we were getting 12 listens. We were getting 14 listens. And it doesn't, and when it starts growing, you start seeing how many people are listening to it. it it's, it's amazing. But I don't want to give everyone the impression that you'll start and you'll have 90 people in one day. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing. It's, it's also not just about numbers. Like, yes, that's true. Here, here's some true experiences I have had. I've had a 16-year-old person living in a part of the world where he could not openly confess he was a Christian. And... I had him inbox me and ask me, am I going to hell because I can't get baptized? Like oh, to wow. be a, to be a part of that story and, and, and to be a part of that story and, and, and to help him understand what Jesus expects from him in that situation on the other side of the world. I, I did this other TikTok once and I just put, it was like, you know, because TikTok's good can only be a minute i just like jesus loves you i don't care what anyone's told you i don't care what you've done jesus still loves you and like that's basically the tiktok set to music right yeah that's and that's basically it that, that is the gospel right. and you know in a minute the gospel in a minute is right. that jesus loves you no matter what you've done no matter what anyone else says about you no matter even how you feel about yourself Jesus loves you and, and he loved right, you enough right. to come and die for you. So, it, 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 yeah. Yeah. The second part of that TikTok, I just, I just coming to, to, to my mind here. The second part of that TikTok was, um, and if Jesus wants to change something about you, that's between you and Jesus only. Mm, yeah. And like a young girl, teenager messaged me and she's like, but I'm gay. And I'm like, go back and listen to the TikTok again. Jesus loves you. Don't let anyone tell you he doesn't love you, no matter what anyone tells you. And if Jesus wants to change something with you, that's between, that's between you, you and him. She comes exactly. back to and me. And she's like, Pastor, I love you so much. I'm like, all I did was tell you what Jesus feels about you. <laughs> like, yeah, and it goes to show that maybe we're, as a church, um, whatever denomination you are, maybe we're not doing that well enough that when people hear that Jesus loves them, it's almost like they've heard it 
just like, genuinely for the first time. She was sincerely asking me, can he love me even with this problem in my life? Yeah. And, you know, this isn't a non-biblical concept. I mean, you look at, and I think you've written a blog about this too, the, the woman who's uh, brought to Jesus in the temple, who's committed adultery and she's brought there and he doesn't condemn her. He doesn't, you know, tell her how horrible she is. She, he doesn't, he doesn't do any of that. He literally tells her, neither do I condemn you. And, and he shows her love in that instant and drives away all of her accusers. So that's who God is. He's a God who loves and a God who, yes, if he wants something, if there's something that you and him need to work out, he's going to tell you. And, you know, that's going to be between you and him. And it's going to take that process between you and him. And, and you can't let anyone else tell you, oh, because you're this, because you're that. Jesus doesn't love you because that person, I would say this, and maybe this is harsh too. They don't know who Jesus is. I call it the gospel order. And this is the gospel order. I take it right from that story of the woman caught in adultery in um, John 8. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Yeah. And the church has made it like this. The church has reversed it. Yes, we we have. When you stop sinning, we won't condemn you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, one of the amazing things. Go ahead. Yeah, one of the, the one of the amazing things is one that he says that right, and in that order, and then also one of my favorite authors, she says um, that all of Christ's biddings are enablings. So if he says go and do something, he's enabling you through him to do it. So it's not like he told the woman to go and sin no more all on all on her own or all of, out of her own merit or out of who she was by herself. He says I'm going to enable you through me, through a connection with me, through a relationship with me to not want to do this anymore, to not want this desire anymore because you're going to be chasing after my heart instead. Mm-hmm. And that's the God that we serve. And he's the same God who in every episode of the podcast, if we feel like we haven't represented him that way, we, re- we record, we scrap it and we record. The audio could be horrible. The, the, anything else could have gone wrong. There could be pops in the mics. But at the end of the day, if God is represented in his true character, that episode goes up because that's the point. The point right. is to tell the world who God is, because in, a, in the world, we have this really twisted view of God. And here's a good example of this. I was in the grocery store that I used to work in. I was just buying some stuff and I ran into someone I knew and we start talking and she's like, oh, you know, I see that you post your podcasts on Instagram and Facebook and all this. And I've listened to an episode and the way you're describing God, that's not the God that, you know, that I, that I believe my parents believe in, or, you know, that, you know, my parents' church believes in. You're saying that he's love and that, you know, he he cries over the Israelite nation and all these things. And like, this is not the God that, you know, my parents tell me about Um, when I, and she, she was also, she's also gay. She said, when I came out to my parents, the God they told me about was a God who was going to burn me in hell because of who I wanted to be with. And that broke my heart. And I was like, well, if you keep listening to the podcast, I told her, if you keep listening to the podcast, we keep talking about that kind of God. And I told her if, if, if we're describing God, the way you described him, then I'm an atheist too, because I would, I would rather be an atheist than believe in the God that we're describing right now. Because what's the point? What is the point of believing in a God like that? Who is vengeful, who is cruel, who is hurtful. I'm right there with, with the atheist, if that's how we're going to describe God. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think the thing is that people think that they have to have all these theological answers. They, they yeah. have to know Greek, Hebrew, Latin, French, German. You know, like they, they, they think they need to have PhDs. And I'm not down against that. I, you know, I, I'm hopefully working on my doctorate this year. But, but that's not what's required to preach. That's not what's required to teach. And, and that's not what's required to share the love of Jesus. At least twice on, t- on Twitter, I've 
intervened in suicide attempts and averted them. That's um, from Crazy. people from people who just direct message me because I don't know that they're like I have over thirty thousand followers on on Twitter. I don't know who's reading my tweets. Mm-hmm. You know, but sometimes like this one guy was gonna o- overdose on drugs and. And, you know, he just like, uh, I need to tell someone goodbye. So he sent me a, an inbox message. <laughs> and I was just, just happened to be there and just happened to respond to it. Right. You know, I didn't know the right things to say, but but I could pray with him. I could care for him. I could keep checking back with him. Had the same thing with, with a teenage girl who was addicted to drugs because she was in a car accident where both her parents were killed and she was left with like, severe pain and so she got addicted to painkillers while going through grief you know i walked with her for months through that just messages back and forth you know lost touch with her don't know where she is now but like you said there's gonna be this time in heaven where we see these people you know like imagine people coming up to us in heaven and saying pastor and we're like we weren't pastors we were mechanics you know we were students (laughs) (laughs) I was in high school. What do you mean, pastor? No, you were my pastor. Like, that's the power of technology. 100%. Thank you for listening to my interview with Josh. I had so much fun doing that with him. It was such a meaningful conversation to me. You know, I just want to shout him out one more time. You can find his website, Reflective Ministries. Just Google it. It's out there. It's really easy to find. He's done a good job with visibility. And my favorite podcast that he is doing is When the Bible Wasn't There. Please check out that podcast. I want to support him for the generosity he has shown me in doing this podcast interview with me. Remember, the things that me and Josh were talking about is that gospel's got to get out this is what jesus said and the gospel of this kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come listen there are a lot of hurting people out there what's your role what could you do could maybe it's just a text chain maybe it's a twitter feed Maybe it's a podcast. Maybe it's, you know, a TikTok account dedicated to Christ. Maybe it's an Instagram dedicated to Christ, but we all could do something. Maybe we don't have a dedicated ministry, but we just use whatever platforms we have to put some positivity and faith back into the world. I'm Pastor Vinny. I host Simply Devotion. You can find a host of resources to help you share your faith and to understand your theology better at simplyvinny.com. You have been listening to a podcast by Pastor Vinny McIsaac from simplyvinny.com. Stop by our website, check out our blogs, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, all that kind of jazzy promotional stuff. But most important, let's keep growing together in Jesus Christ all the more as we see the day of his return approaching. See you at the next podcast.
God bless.